Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Let's Get Sexy, the podcast where I read an erotic story and you listen to it. In series six of the podcast, we're reading a story called Undercover Stripper by UK underscore writer underscore 53. And we're on chapter five of that story. So if you're joining us for the first time, then I strongly recommend that you go back and listen to episode one of this series. To briefly recap what happened last time, Tom learned that Deluxe Entertainment, the company that owns the Sin City Strip Club, also owns three other local businesses, which are all fronted by the solicitor James O'Connell, and licensed to a new character, the mysterious Danny Brooks. Something which, (laughs) he tells us, gives him three sides of a triangle, whatever that's supposed to mean. Tom also learns that the manager of the Sin City Strip Club, Gregor Markov, is running a secret underground prostitution ring that even his bosses don't know about. Tom and Jessica had some discussions at home and in the pub, but were able to reassure each other that Jess sleeping with Markov wouldn't affect their relationship. And at the club, another character called Roland turned up, and although we don't find out much about him, it seems he's involved in some way with Markov's side hustle, and additionally is also interested in having sex with Jessica once Markov has finished with her. Last week's chapter ended at the strip club, with Tom finding out that he's going to be made a permanent employee, and with Jessica just about to take the plunge and sleep with Markov to see if she can get any information from him that way. And I'm pretty sure that Chapter 5 is going to pick up exactly where we left off, but before I get into that, I want to mention that, as usual, I haven't read this chapter ahead of time, don't know what's going to happen. What I do know is that this chapter is 7.8 thousand words long, it has a rating of 4.79 stars, which makes it a chapter labelled H for hot. It's had 10.7 thousand views, 33 likes, and there are 11 comments. Before I get stuck into reading this week's chapter, I want to mention that a link to the Patreon page is in the description of this podcast. If you're enjoying Undercover Stripper, and you can afford just £5, I'd really appreciate your support to keep this podcast going. Thanks very much for listening. Here is Chapter 5 of Undercover Stripper. Reveal all except the truth Undercover Stripper Take off your clothes and move your body to distract the eye Nobody knows that underneath you're an undercover spy As Jessica came out from behind the backstage curtain, Markov made his way directly towards her, clearly ready to demand she go upstairs to his office with him. Across the room, Tom saw what was happening, and making a decision, he quickly went ahead of them. Heading up the stairs, he found the club boss's office door was open, and went inside, looking around for somewhere to hide. You've got some time before your next performance. So, shall we go upstairs and discuss things? The seedy gangster suggested leeringly to Jessica his tone making it sound much more like an order than a simple request. Oh, I, uh, I, um, I suppose so, said Jess, looking around for her husband as she started to panic. 
her heart thudding hard against her ribs now the moment she'd been dreading had finally arrived. Good girl, you go on up and wait for me in my office. I just want a quick word with Daryl. She swallowed hard. She was going to get fucked, and she had two choices. Either she ran, or she committed herself to their plan. Remember what I said, girl? From behind her, Clarice, Daryl's wife, winked at her. You do what you have to do, and get through it. I've seen your man. He'll be waiting for you. Pushing open the door marked private, Jess hoped the other girl was right, as she hesitantly made her way up the stairs. What are you doing in here? He's right behind me, Jess hissed, as she walked into the office a few seconds later and saw her husband standing in the middle of the room. I, um, I... Tom didn't know what to say. Do you really want to watch this? She held up her hands and gave him an exasperated look. You actually want to watch him fuck me? Her husband nodded dumbly and without answering just stared back at her. That was when they heard Gregor Markov wheezing as he stomped laboriously up the stairs. Get behind that door, said Jessica, pushing her husband towards a large cupboard, and keep quiet. He'd just about made it inside, pulling the door shut behind him, leaving a small gap before the seedy gangster appeared. Purely by accident, the opening gave him a perfect view of the office, and Tom realised he would be able to see and hear everything that went on. Shutting his office door behind him, the loathsome club manager sneered at Jessica in a way that made her skin crawl as she stood in front of his large desk. Biting her bottom lip and twisting strands of her long blonde hair in her fingers, she waited nervously. She knew she was aroused. A shift spent stripping and being fondled during her lap dances always turned her on, and now, in this situation, the flush on her cheeks gave it away even more. Even if he was ugly and repugnant, he had a cock, and that's exactly what she craved at that moment. So, um, Mr Markov, what did you want to talk about? Advancing towards her, he smirked, and ignoring her question, pulled her against him and tried to kiss her lips, but she managed to turn her face aside, so his lips brushed her cheek. He attempted another kiss. This time his mouth found hers, his tongue swirling between her lips as he slobbered over her. Then, satisfied that she would be compliant, he let go of her and stepped back. I have a proposal for you, baby. If you want to earn some good money, that is. He continued to leer at her, his beady, hawk-like eyes roaming over her slender, barely-covered body as he spoke. Oh? What is it? I'm always interested in earning some more money, Jess replied cautiously, wanting to tempt him into telling her more. Why don't you take your top off while we talk? It was a clear instruction to her. Jessica could hardly object. He had seen her enough times in the club, so she reached behind her back, unfastening her bra and peeling it away to reveal her perky, modest breasts. That's much better. The gangster grinned and licked his lips. She shrugged, trying to suppress the feelings of mixed revulsion and lust that filled her. Despite the fact that she'd spent the last few hours dancing naked, being topless in front of the strip club boss in his office made her shiver apprehensively. She knew what was going to happen, and, despite her deep-seated loathing of him, he had what she needed. Markov leant back on the desk and pulled Jess against him, so she was sideways onto him, one arm around her waist as the other hand groped her tits, his thick fingers pinching and rolling her already hard nipples. Oh, fuck, what are you, oh, doing, she gasped, her head falling back and her long hair tumbling loosely across her shoulders. You like that, don't you? He smirked victoriously, roughly mauling first one soft mound and then the other. Jessica didn't resist. She knew that she couldn't if she wanted to get anything out of him. Instead, she just squirmed against him, the sensations emanating from her abused breasts arousing her even more than she already was. So, are you interested in earning some real money, sweetheart? His fingers dug into the yielding flesh of her tits as he spoke. Maybe. 
I guess it depends on what's involved, she managed to gasp out, her body trembling with unexpected excitement as he played with her two girls. You would entertain one of my special clients every now and again, that's all. Jess's breathing quickened, partly from what his hands were doing, and partly from the fact she was hoping to get him to talk. This is a lucrative sideline for you. Her free hand dropped to the front of his trousers, cupping his bulge, keeping him focused on her rather than the conversation. For us both, darling. So, I have to sleep with them, I assume. She sought further clarification, even though she knew what he meant, and become a prostitute, working for you. He laughed, his hand sliding down across her flat belly and between her legs to stroke her pussy through the tiny thong she had on. Inside the store cupboard, Tom's own dick was rock hard now, watching the sleazy club manager grope his wife and proposition her to become one of his working girls. Let's face it, you are not much more than that now, sweetheart. You're a stripper, that's all. His tone was completely demeaning. Now, be a good girl and get on your knees. Unresisting, she knelt before him, feelings of utter mortification filling her as her fingers fumbled at his belt and then his zipper, unfastening his pants. Dragging them part way down, she freed his prick into her hand, the solid, thick, six-inch length already semi-erect. Good girl. Now, show me how you suck cock, said Markov, curtly issuing his orders and smiling lustfully down at her. Looking back up at him, Jess flicked her tongue around his bulbous, mushroom-shaped cock head the musky scent of his manhood filling her nostrils. Dueling her saliva onto it, her hand lightly pumped along the thick shaft as she felt it harden quickly. That's it, darling. You know, you might as well whore for me. You'll only end up doing it for Frank anyway. Frank again? But what's his surname? The thought flashed through her mind as her lips opened and stretched over the swollen dome of his erection. Jessica's mouth slid down his shaft, taking a couple of inches of his rigid length into her throat. Sucking on his dick, she let her eyes flick towards the partially open cupboard door every so often. She couldn't see her husband, but she knew he was watching her, as her head bobbed steadily, working her mouth up and down Gregor's hard meat. Fuck, you know how to suck a cork, bitch, groaned Markov, reaching for her head, twisting his fingers into her long blonde locks. Gorg, gorg, gorg. She slurped greedily, her red lips tightening around his thick girth, her humiliation completed by his unwanted compliment. Staring mesmerised from his hiding place, Tom desperately wanted to free his erection and stroke it, but he knew if he did, the moment he touched it, he was likely to shoot his load within seconds. <coughs> Jessica gagged as Markov pulled her head against him, forcing almost all of his manhood into her mouth and stretching her jaws wide. The odious club manager sneered, Looking down at her struggling to breathe, her hands slapping his thighs in a frantic but ineffective gesture of protest. Holding her in place for a few moments, he watched her face redden before he allowed her to pull away from him, coughing and spluttering, drool running down her chin. So, baby, how do you feel about my little proposition? You'll earn at least five hundred pounds for an hour or two. Maybe more if you're dirty enough. These punters are real high flyers. She looked up, saliva plastered around her mouth, her chest heaving as her breathing recovered. That sounds like pretty good money for just laying on my back, Jess answered quietly. I could go for that. Leering, he pulled her upright and roughly pushed her back against the desk so her backside was resting on the edge, his next words filling her with some alarm. Then forget about that new security guy, Tom. I can see you two are interested in each other, but no one fucks my girlfriend unless they pay, understand? He stood over her, his hands back on her tits, mauling them unforgivingly. Girlfriend. Tom had been right. 
She realised that she was getting in deeper than she really wanted, but she had no choice other than to go on. Okay, baby, if I'm with the boss, then why would I want the hired help? She murmured seductively, leaning back into his arms. Grinning at her, his hands dropped to her hips, hooking in the waistband of her thong and easing it down. Jess didn't move. Instead, she just lifted her bottom, letting him drag her panties down until gravity took over and they fell around her feet. Biting her bottom lip coyly, she kept her eyes fixed on his as she took one foot out of her discarded knickers and then the other before Gregor lifted her up onto the desk's large varnished top. Perched there, something within her seemed to snap, and with a hard, determined expression on her face, she leaned back on her elbows and slowly opened her long, slender legs. With a completely naked and compliant woman before him, a look of triumph spread across Markov's cruel face. Moving between Jessica's open thighs, he prepared to mount her, raising and parting her legs even wider, giving him full, unobstructed access to her cunt, and providing him with a clear view of her waiting, glistening sex. Does the big boss know about your little sideline? She asked him, batting her eyelashes as she waited for him to enter her. Markov laughed. Frank Howard, you must be joking. That tosser hasn't got a fucking clue what I'm up to. He's too busy running his own stable. Frank Hardwood. Jess gave a silent whoop of success as she found out the name of the unknown gang boss. From his hiding place, Tom watched, his own erection throbbing painfully as the club manager took his thick shaft in his right hand and began to rub the crown up and down his wife's slit until he had located the entrance to Jess's vagina. A moment later, his cockhead was lodged firmly between her inner lips. The seedy older man paused, his erect cock poised, ready to slide all the way in to Jess's wet pussy. She gasped and felt her chest tighten frighteningly, her heart thumping furiously at what was about to happen. She was turned on, and she needed to be fucked. The fact that it wasn't her husband's manhood that was about to enter her was almost immaterial. The shame and humiliation that she felt only complemented the arousal that filled her. Tell me what you want, Markov demanded, teasing her sex crack with the head of his dick. An unbearable agony of anticipation flowed over her. She could feel her husband's eyes boring into her as she turned to stare straight at the cupboard. Put it in me, Jessica whispered hoarsely. Not good enough. I said, tell me what you want. The gangster snarled angrily. Do as you're fucking told, whore. Her deep blue eyes turned back towards him, and she fixed him with her penetrating gaze as Markov's body tensed in readiness. Fuck me. I want you to fuck me. Her voice was husky with lust as she told him what he wanted to hear. Grinning, he slowly but firmly began to force his hard, meaty pole into Jessica's moist, open crack. Oh, my God. Her head fell back, blonde hair cascading past her shoulders onto the desk as she gasped with unwanted pleasure. The crown of Gregor Markov's slick, smooth prick was driven past her inner lips and plunged a short way into her tight, wet passage. Ah, fuck, yes, Jess moaned, partly in pleasure as her quim tried to adjust to his thick girth. Tom swallowed hard, his eyes fixed on the mating couple, his chest so tight he could hardly breathe. It was actually happening. Right there, right then, another man's erect penis was actually inside his beautiful, sexy wife's vagina. Oh God, oh my sweet Jesus! Jessica's thighs pushed wider. Markov had pulled himself back until just his mushroom-shaped head was still between her lips. Then, thrusting forward again, he plunged deeper, burying two-thirds of his solid length inside her. Oh my fucking God! Jess cried aloud, as a wave of overwhelming and completely unexpected pleasure surged through her newly penetrated form. 
her deep blue eyes opened wider, her body going rigid, while her hands reached out towards him, as if trying to push him away, but not quite able or willing to do so. Oh God, please, oh God, fuck, fuck me, please fuck me, she begged, her raised legs trembling, her feet waving in midair. Smiling, the overweight club manager drew his shaft back for a third time, and then thrust himself slowly, but inexorably, all the way into her defenceless pussy once again, this time not stopping until his full length was completely sheathed inside her. Please, Jess whimpered, giving herself to the pleasure he was creating in her. Fuck me, just fuck me. Shush, baby, all in good time, he smirked triumphantly. You will get it all, sweetheart. Tom could see a momentary look of disappointment on his wife's face as Gregor Markov pulled back one final time leaving her empty before driving himself powerfully forward again. The force of his thrusting hips lifted her legs even higher and wider, until his coarse pubic hair ground roughly against her shaven mound, and he was finally there, his cock fully embedded in her wet sex. Christ! Oh, Jesus Christ! Yes! Jess wailed, as Markov's hips smacked hard against the underside of her buttocks, driving her body up the desk, sending a pile of papers onto the floor above her head. For a moment, the scene froze in front of him, and Tom stared helplessly at the couple on the desk, the most beautiful woman in the world lying there, her newly violated frame impaled on another man's thick, pulsing shaft. She was panting breathlessly as her pussy tried to adjust to the unfamiliar phallus that was invading her body, her eyes open wide in fear and anticipation. Then he began to fuck her, slowly at first, so slowly that Jess could look down and see her lips stretched tightly around his wet, glistening manhood as he started to move in and out of her cunt. Beginning with short strokes, his speed and power built slowly, but relentlessly, his cock growing wetter, shining with her juices as his thrusts grew longer and deeper. Helpless beneath him, Jess began moaning in time with his strokes, her long legs flailing wide, and then curling around his back as if to hold him closer to her. She hadn't anticipated this happening. She thought it would be over in seconds, but the man screwing her was obviously an expert when it came to pleasuring a woman. Shit. Oh shit. Yes, yes, oh, oh, fuck! Her hands, which had at first appeared to be pushing him away, now grabbed at his upper arms, her fingernails digging into his biceps as he fucked her harder and faster. His tempo increased, and her moans grew louder too, until, to her watching husband's amazement, she came. Her head jerked violently forwards while her back arched, and her hips bucked as her whole body erupted in an orgasm so powerful and so completely unexpected that it frightened her. Ah, fuck, I'm coming! Tom couldn't believe his eyes or ears. In all of their years of lovemaking, his wife had never responded this quickly before, or had an orgasm this intense. And what made it worse for him was that the arrogant bastard had barely started fucking her. Good girl, the club boss leered as she spasmed beneath him. You're going to make me a lot of money. Please, please, just fuck me. Her hands slapped at his forearms as she whimpered submissively. Picking up his pace again, his forceful strokes continued relentlessly, and a dozen deep thrusts later, another wave of ecstasy rippled visibly through her body. Even if he wanted to intervene, Tom was incapable of doing anything other than watching, spellbound, as his lovely wife was fucked hard and expertly before his helpless eyes. As soon as the second wave of her orgasmic trembling began to fade, Markov resumed his slow, deep thrusting, his cock glistening with the juices that had now flowed freely and messily from Jessica's pussy. Pulling back until just the head of his shaft was at her entrance, he ploughed powerfully into her again and then again, continuing to fuck her brutally. 
Jess was totally lost now, and her response was immediate. Deeper groans filled the room in time with each thrust, as her arousal began to build rapidly again, the speed of his strokes increasing, and a new sound beginning to make itself heard that of two highly lubricated bodies colliding every time his rock-hard manhood bottomed out inside her soaking fuckhole. Slap. Oh shit. Oh fuck. Slap. Don't stop. Slap. Oh god. Don't fucking. Slap. Oh my god. Taking every inch of his prick into her stretched slit, she squealed helplessly. Climaxing yet again, Jessica's legs wrapped themselves around his waist, then rose high up his back before falling helplessly and grotesquely apart as the force of his thrusts drove her body across the desk's slippery surface. Grabbing wildly at his arms and then his shoulders, her deep blue eyes locked fully on her lover's as she lost control of her body and came closer and closer to a third and even more intense peak. From the storage cupboard, Tom stared at his wife's violated sex and the thick shaft that was plunging into it over and over again. A rim of white foam had formed around its base as her flowing juices were churned into a thick, strong-smelling, orgasmic cream. Small, high-pitched yelps of pleasure escaped Jess's lips each time his cock bottomed out in her, plumbing her deepest recesses and battering her cervix mercilessly, until finally she reached the massive, mind-numbing, all-consuming orgasm that had been building within her. Oh, my fucking god, I'm gonna fuck! Her scream of pleasure reverberated around his office. That's it, whore. Come for me, Markov grunted, his voice low and harsh, his thrusts totally unremitting and completely merciless now. Oh, Jesus, I'm coming! The sound that broke from her mouth as the first wave of her most powerful orgasm broke over her was virtually unintelligible and incoherent, and when the next even greater blast struck, depriving her of the power of speech entirely, there was no doubt in Tom's mind that his sweet wife was having the climax of her life. On her back, on the strip club boss's desk, naked apart from her heels, and with her husband watching every thrust, she was being fucked to within an inch of consciousness. Her hands flew up to her breasts as she came, then to her lover's hips, then to his arms, then back to her chest, as wave after wave of ecstasy rolled over her, sending violent tremors through her perspiring form. As she came, his thrusts began growing wilder, shorter, faster, and uncontrolled, his rhythm broken as his own zenith approached. Ugh! Oh, ah. Laid out on the desk, Jess was still shuddering, groaning through her climax as Gregor's hips slammed into her repeatedly, filling her slit with his final short, sharp thrusts until he finally went over the top. Any resistance that remained in her evaporated in an instant as the final, overwhelming tsunami of her orgasm racked her body. Watching events unfold, Tom's mind screamed at him that another man was about to come in his wife. Something deep within him cried out that there was still time, that if he acted quickly, he could prevent him from inseminating her. Then suddenly, it was all too late, as Markov's climax began in earnest. His buttocks clenched while his body went into spasms and he slammed himself violently into the red, raw meat that was Jess's cunt. Her long, slender legs were gripped tightly in his arms, letting him pull her body onto his thrusting cock, forcing every last millimetre of its length as deep into her as it could possibly go. Grinding his pubic hair hard against her vulva and grunting hoarsely with every stroke, he gave a loud, conquering roar, and then began to come in her. Fuck! Yes! Markov's elated cry echoed around the room as he began to squirt inside Jessica's exhausted body. Completely unprotected, his semen flowed freely within her belly, cascading against her battered cervix as his dick and balls discharged their sticky load. Oh yes! Oh fucking yes! 
Take it. Take it all, you fucking whore, he cried ecstatically, his ejaculation seeming endless. Unable to tear his eyes away, all Tom could do was watch, as the sleazy, overweight club boss's throbbing cock pumped spurt after spurt of semen into his still-climaxing wife. Jessica's hands were on his hips, pulling him deeper into her body with every jerking movement, as if desperate not to miss a single drop of his precious seed. Finally, and mercifully for Tom, the strip club manager's thrusting slowed to a halt. For what seemed like an age, the pair remained motionless, Jess on her back, legs spread wide, her lover's cock buried deep in her, as his buttocks twitched as the final spasms of ejaculation faded. Then it was over. The room fell silent as Markov slowly withdrew his dwindling prick from her gaping slit, both of them gasping for breath as they parted. When his softening length slipped out of her glistening pink cleft, Jessica gave a sigh of instinctive disappointment before her body went limp and she lay back onto the desk. He stood above her, panting, gazing down on his most recent conquest, his face showing an expression of admiration and respect. You are quite the fuck. You will earn well when I put you out for business. He smirked salaciously at her as he pulled his shorts and trousers back up over his red, flaccid manhood. I can see this is going to be a great deal for the two of us. Stunned, Tom stared back at the inert body of his subjugated wife as she lay, limp and exhausted on the desktop, her thighs splayed apart, her pretty face flushed pink from her many orgasms, while a huge white blob of man-cream dribbled out of her open hole. Jessica slowly opened her deep blue eyes and turned her head to look across at her husband's hiding place. There were tears in them now as she lay spread-eagled, her sticky red vulva grotesquely displayed, a trickle of her juices mixed with his semen pooling on the desk beneath her bottom. I'll leave you to get dressed while I get back on the floor. Go and get yourself changed and then go home. You're a mess, Markov sneered at her before leaving the office and closing the door. Tom, she whispered her husband's name and he stepped out of the cupboard moving towards her. Her deep blue eyes were moist as she offered him her hand. He took it, helping her to her feet where she tottered unsteadily on her heels, leaning on his arm for support. The tears began freely flowing now as she looked up at him. Please, please don't hate me. I don't want to lose you. I love you. He didn't answer, completely unsure of what he would say, so instead he scooped up her bra and handed it to her. Slipping it back on, her hands were shaking so badly he had to fasten the clasp for her. Then he found her discarded panties and helped her into them, drawing them slowly and carefully up over her still trembling hips. Her makeup was smudged and her hair tousled. The pink flush in her face and chest and the powerful aroma of sex that emanated from her body screamed out about her recent penetration and multiple orgasms. Tom, please, speak to me. I'm scared. Please. Her voice started to quiver nervously. Please don't hate me. Please. He knew he had to speak, to tell her how he felt. Jess. He looked into her eyes, and she began to cry. You hate me now, don't you? I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I couldn't help myself. She clung to him and sobbed desperately, realising her marriage was over. I love you, Jessica Whitby, he finally spoke, confessing how he felt. But I can't see how you'd still want to be with me, after that. She stared at him, with her big eyes locked onto his. I could never want to be with anyone else. I love you, Tom, don't ever forget that. But what about how he made you come? I've never known you climax like that. She wiped her eyes, smudging her makeup even more. It was good. I can't say it wasn't. But maybe I really got into it because... because you were watching me. Tom looked at her forlornly. Go and get changed. I'll meet you back at the car when the club closes. I need to see Markov before I leave. 
What are you going to do? Her eyes went wide as numerous scenarios filled her mind. No, nothing. Daryl wants me to be here permanently. Just meet me later, okay? She nodded miserably and tottered out of the office, tears still running down her cheeks, heading down to the changing room to get cleaned up and dressed. How could she want him after that? She was Markov's girlfriend now. How many more times would he fuck her? Their marriage was over now, surely. He gave her a couple of minutes, letting his head clear of the thoughts that overcrowded his brain, and then made his own way down to the main club. Gregor Markov was there talking to Daryl, so Tom wandered across to them. You wanted to see me, boss? he asked as he got close to the pair of them. Oh yes, I did, Tom. We've done okay this week, so Daryl tells me. So, how about we make this a permanent arrangement? His gleeful smirk made Tom want to punch him. Sounds fine by me, he replied, barely managing a smile. Just then, Jess stepped out from behind the curtains, making her way towards the exit. Markov switched his attention to her. See you tomorrow, Jessica. Maybe you can stay late. She looked back, giving him a thin, forced grimace. Yeah, see you tomorrow. He turned back to Tom, noting how his gaze had followed his towards Jess. Don't get any ideas about her. She's mine now, he sneered arrogantly. Tom said nothing and just shrugged. Good, then we understand each other. The club manager held out his hand. And, by the way, I might have a few other jobs for you. Driving and stuff mostly, if that's okay. Sure, boss. Tom shook his hand and turned to leave, his shift over. Like I said, don't get any ideas about her. She belongs to me now, Markov called after him. Leaving the club, Tom walked slowly back to the car, trying to gather his scattered thoughts about what he'd witnessed just a short while ago. Markov had actually fucked his wife. She had come on his prick more than once. How could Jessica possibly want him now? Was this the end of their marriage? And they had a name. Frank Harwood. His mind was still in a whirl. He should have been jealous or angry, but he wasn't. The sight of his wife being fucked to multiple orgasms by the obnoxious strip club boss had only aroused him, more than he could fully comprehend. Before he realised it, he was standing by their car, still unsure of what he could say to his wife. How could he hope to explain to her just how much watching her get fucked had aroused him? Jessica was sitting in the passenger seat, crying uncontrollably, when he slid into the driver's side next to her. Please, don't divorce me. I'm so sorry. I didn't know he would make me come like that. Please, I love you, Tom. Please don't leave me. The words all came pouring out of her as soon as he got into the car. Jess, I... He had barely started to speak when she flung herself at him. Please, please, I don't want to lose you. Please, Tom, I love you so much. She was completely hysterical now, and wrapped her arms tightly around his neck, her tears soaking into his t-shirt, refusing to release her grip on him. He held her and let her sob for a minute, before slowly prizing her off him. Sitting back in her seat, tears streaming down her face, Jess continued mumbling, almost incoherently. Please, Tom, please, don't leave me. I love you so much. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. We never should have started this. In that exact moment, Tom realised just how much he loved his wife, and how much she loved him. Jessica, stop, please, he finally managed to say, between her sobbing and blubbering. She turned to look at him, her red-rimmed eyes pleading with him, and his heart almost broke. I love you, and I always will love you. I'm not going to leave you. He held her hands as he spoke. You're... you're not, she said, bewilderment in her voice. But what about this afternoon, and how... how I was... We need to go home, talk about how we felt, but I thought you were incredible. Watching you enjoy sex like that, it scared me. I thought you might not be satisfied with me anymore, Tom told her honestly. You, 
You mean it. You're not just saying that, she stammered, looking at him hopefully. You're not. Not going to leave me. Let's just go home, Tom said, starting the car and giving her another smile before returning his attention to the traffic. By the time they arrived at their flat, Jess was a lot calmer, although Tom knew there was still a lot to be said. Would you like a drink? he asked her, as soon as they got inside the apartment. No, I need you to take me to bed and love me. I love you so much, Jess. Whatever happens, you know that, don't you? She paused and then smiled feebly as she looked up into his face. Are you sure? she asked, her voice still tearful and unsteady. Wrapping her in his arms, he kissed her. Absolutely positive. We started this together and I knew what might happen. It was something we both agreed on. We'll handle it, whatever occurs. She bit her bottom lip and gazed at him, unsure of what to say. He kissed her soft lips, slipping a finger under her chin and raising her pretty face up towards his. They kissed again, lightly at first, then more passionately, as if a warm glow was growing rapidly inside each of them. Within seconds, their mouths were open, tongues entwined, and they were kissing with a clumsy passion that they'd hardly known since they were teenagers. I'm crazy about you, don't you know that? he whispered in her ear. Really? she asked hesitantly, stopping to look at him again. You mean that? Really? said Tom. Somehow they stumbled into the bedroom, discarding clothes along the way, until she only had her bra and panties on, while Tom was left in just his boxer shorts. You're a very special person, you know, Jess said gently, touching his cheek and looking up into his eyes. I mean, most men. Tom silenced his wife with another kiss, and she moaned softly into his open mouth. Taking advantage, his hand slid in between them, squeezing her left breast firmly, and he was rewarded by another short groan, followed by a soft sigh. Reaching around her back, he flicked open the clasp of her bra, which fell forward along her arms, and as he briefly removed his hand, she cast it aside and sat bare-chested. Do you really still love me? she asked, her voice little more than a nervous whisper, even if I am a complete whore. For a moment, he paused to admire his wife's small perky tits, still firm and round like a young girl's. Her nipples were dark and very hard, their wrinkled teats a dark pink against the puckered areola. Yes, I still love you, especially cause you're a whore. Lowering his lips to one of her swollen buds, he began to suckle, first gently, then much harder, nipping her aching nub delicately with his front teeth. Oh, fuck. Ah, Jess moaned in response, and he felt her arms fold beneath her, lowering them back onto the bed, where he turned his attention to her right nipple, cupping her small globe in his palm, while his mouth worked on its dark cherry. His wife wove her fingers into his hair, pulling him to her small breast, which he feasted on lovingly. Mmm, oh, that feels really nice, she murmured, holding his head on her chest and keeping his lips against her swollen nub. Instinctively, his right hand slid across the soft skin of her firm, taut belly before moving down to her thighs, where he stroked from her slender knee up her leg to her panties and back. As his lips switched from nipple to nipple, sucking and nipping, his middle digit began to probe deeper up between her thighs, and her legs parted slightly to aid his progress. Encouraged, he pressed them further apart, letting his fingers reach the gusset of her panties. Oh, fuck, Jessica moaned softly, her eyes closed as she lay back on the bed. Oh, yes. Yes, oh yes, yes, touch me there. There was a heat and dampness under his fingertips, and he traced the outline of her semen-filled vulva through the thin material, his finger pressing more firmly against her cotton-covered slit as her legs fell wide apart now, the scanty covering of her knickers moistening rapidly with the sperm oozing out from her well-used cunt. Working one finger under the elastic between her thighs, Tom quickly found her wet crevice and then went to work, sliding his fingertip up and down its dampness, focusing on her clitoris for a second and then returning to her hot entrance below. 
Jessica moaned softly and clung to him, her hips starting to move in response. That feels so good. Please, don't stop, baby. Please don't stop. Lift up, he whispered, and his wife raised her hips just enough for him to slide her panties over her buttocks and down her long, slender legs and away. Her knees fell apart again as if her vulva was aching for its freedom, and he couldn't help but notice how swollen and puffy her lips still were, framing the dark gash of her dripping sex. Obviously she was going to be more than a little sore from the vigorous pounding that Markov had given her. Clumsily, Jess tugged at the elastic waistband of her husband's shorts until his erection sprang free. Dragging them down to his knees, she laid back and spread her legs, enabling him to position his cockhead carefully at her gaping wet entrance. Pushing his hand away, Jessica took over, grasping his shaft and moving the tip slowly up and down along her sperm-soaked slit, before guiding it directly between her inner lips, so that the slightest movement on his part would mean he would penetrate her. Perhaps I should shower, baby, Jess whispered, putting a hand on his chest and looking into his eyes. I've still got some of his... his stuff inside me. Tom shook his head. I don't care. I want you now. Then fuck me. Please, I need to feel you inside me, she whimpered, before pulling his lips down to hers. As they kissed, his cockhead pressed into her hot, wet slit. She wasn't tight. Her early fucking at the hands of the obnoxious strip club boss had seen to that, but it still felt amazing to Tom as he began to enter her. Thrusting forwards firmly, his hips pressed against her legs, parting her thighs as he completely filled her, slipping easily into her cum-lubricated vagina as he sank his member into her until his pubic hair pressed against her shaven mound. Are you sore? he asked her once he was fully sheathed inside. Jess nodded. Tom looked into her eyes and took his weight on his arms. In response, he felt her pussy tighten briefly around his shaft, and she shook her head. No, I want you to have me. To reclaim me, she breathed throatily. I want your cock to be the last one inside me before I go to sleep. Tom smiled. He was so aroused, he knew he would hardly be anything other than quick. Beginning to thrust with long, deep strokes, slowly at first, he then let his rhythm rapidly build until he was driving frantically into her. Beneath him, Jess's body began to respond almost instantly, her eyes flying open while her fingers dug into his shoulders. Oh, yes, yes, don't stop, baby, she gasped breathlessly, urging him to keep going. Fuck me harder. He increased his tempo, listening to the wet slapping noises as their hips met, the sound growing wetter and louder. Above her, he could feel and see his wife's arousal increasing even more, and remembered how she had looked, gazing passionately up at Markov as the gangster's cock had plunged over and over into her depths. Is this how he fucked you? Tom growled caustically. Is this what his cock felt like inside you? Yes, Jessica hissed back at him, almost angrily. Yes, he fucked me like the whore I am. Thrusting harder, he began pistoning his erection as deep into her oozing pussy as he could. How did it feel when he fucked you? Her husband starred vehemently again, not realising that it was himself he was trying to torment, not her. Was his cock bigger than this? He half yelled, using his back and legs to slam into her as hard as he could. Thicker, Jess gasped, struggling and delirious with the delight she felt. Much thicker. He filled me. His cock filled me. Was it good? Continuing to remorselessly pound away at her, his arse rose and fell between her splayed thighs as he questioned her. Did you? Did you like it? I, I thought I was going to, going to explode, she moaned, her body beginning to tremble in the throes of yet another orgasm, the pleasure relentlessly building in her. It was so good. By now he could tell that the whole scenario was having a profound effect on Jess too. The pink flush on her face and chest from her earlier activities had returned with a vengeance, and to his delight, he realised that she might, just might, have an orgasm at least as big as this afternoon's. 
With that thought filling his mind, his hips became a blur as passion overtook him and he began to fuck her for all he was worth. It worked. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Yes! Yes! Jess croaked gutturally, her fingers twisting in the bed covers as she began to climax beneath her husband. The realisation that his lovely wife was about to come for him, and not for her lover, drove him half insane with lust. His thrusts became wilder, and he bit his lip to stifle his own cries as he felt himself approaching the summit. Under him, Jessica's legs were forced wide open by his frantically thrusting hips, and loud slapping sounds emanated from their colliding genitalia. The mixture of her juices and the remains of Markov's sperm churning up into a white throth around the base of his shaft, while the room filled with the powerful aroma of passionate sex. Oh God! Oh! Oh God! Harder! Harder! Fuck me harder! She squealed from beneath him. Fuck me like he fucked me. Hammering his solid length into her cunt, Tom could feel the head of his cock slamming hard into her cervix with every deep, barely controlled stroke. Fuck me, he heard her moan again. Fuck your whore wife. He couldn't believe his ears. Was this really his sweet, innocent wife's voice? He had seen her change over the last week once she started working as a stripper, but now she had become a total slut. Staring into her face, he could see her eyes were wide open, gazing straight back into his, but there was a distance in her look, as if it wasn't him she saw on top of her, fucking her hard. Tom closed his eyes and thought back to watching Gregor Markov screwing his wife that afternoon. He pictured the way his cock had pounded into her quim earlier, and of her legs spread grotesquely wide as she submitted totally to him. There had also been the orgasms he had fucked into her sweet body, as well as his own shuddering climax when his sperm spurted into her belly, and of the look on her face when she received his seed. Unaware of what was going through her husband's mind, Jessica writhed against him, the sensations growing inside her until she could no longer hold them back. Oh, God, yes, she shrieked out loud. Yes, oh yes, I'm gonna come. Oh God, I'm gonna come. Her pussy clamped itself around his shaft, the puffy labia clinging to his manhood, folding in when he drove into her and trying to pull him back inside when he drew away. Oh God, fuck, fuck, oh yes, yes, Jess screamed, loudly enough for him to worry about the neighbours as she started to orgasm. Come now, I want your come in me, please, now. He felt a ball of heat forming and growing in his lower spine, its warmth quickly spreading between his thighs and down his legs, as one of the most intense orgasms of his entire life rushed upon him. His swollen organ, already huge by his usual standards, seemed to swell even more, its head now pressed tight against the pulsing walls of his wife's sex. His breath caught in his chest, his tummy muscles spasming as a surge of pain flashed through the base of his erection, and he began to come wildly and violently. The bed was bumping against the wall, strange grunting sounds escaping from his throat as his body shook uncontrollably. Oh, fuck, fuck, I'm coming! His wife's final shriek echoed around the bedroom as she came hard on his prick. Jessica's slim body convulsed violently, almost bucking him off when she started to thrash wildly under him. His nutsack was tight against his shaft as perhaps the most powerful orgasm Tom had ever enjoyed overtook him, spattering his wife's pulsing cervix with copious amounts of his potent seed. Oh God, Jess! Jess! Ow! Oh! Making a series of short, sharp, uncontrolled thrusts, he hammered the head of his cock against the entrance to her womb. With every pulse of his ejaculation, he felt his body emptying itself into hers. The release of tension, both physical and emotional, came from deep within him, as pulse after pulse racked him until he felt there could be nothing left to give her, and he was finally released from the fears that had gripped him so tightly. Now empty, he held himself still, hovering over her motionless body 
both of them panting for breath, his sore and puffy cock softening within her, and then slipping easily out. Sitting back on his heels, he gazed adoringly at his wife's slender form on the bed, legs splayed open, long blonde hair fanned out over the pillow, her modest breasts rising and falling as she recovered from what was possibly her most intense orgasm of the afternoon. Looking down between her legs, he could see her clit was red and swollen, a trickle of their combined juices mixing with the remains of Gregor Markov's sperm that had already started to ooze from her gaping inner lips. Was that up to his standard? Tom asked. Please, Tom, I love you so much. Laying back, she looked up at him and started to cry. It was so much better. I'm sorry, Jess. I... I just don't want to lose you. His face fell. You won't. Whatever happens, you won't. Throwing herself at him, she hugged him tightly. Wrapping her up in his arms, they clung to each other as he let her sob, tears streaming down her face and making his chest wet. Eventually she eased herself away from him and looked up into his eyes. That was wonderful. You're wonderful. Grinning, he kissed her gently. So, do you want that drink now? he asked her, making her giggle. Yes, please. Letting go of her, he lay back, watching as she slowly got up, her hand between her legs to catch the dripping mess oozing out of her pussy as she stumbled to the bathroom. Wine, he called after her, and maybe a takeaway. Please, pizza would be good, came the shout back. I'll be out as soon as I clear up this mess and take a shower. 2B Continued Reveal all except the truth Undercover stripper Wow-wee, what an absolute firecracker of a chapter. Definitely the steamiest one we've had in this story, maybe even in the whole podcast. And I feel like it came just in time. We've been building up to Jess and Markov having sex for a few chapters now. And now having had the payoff, I think the build-up was worth it. There was a lot of sex in this chapter. A lot of moans and groans too. It's interesting that most of it comes from Jess though. We don't get a lot of verbalisation from Tom or Markov. Which I think is a bit of a shame. Because I really enjoyed doing his Eastern European cum grunts and dirty talk. I also quite like doing Tom's orgasm noises, and there was a moment during recording where some of the dialogue got a bit confused for me, and I accidentally did one of Jess bits as Tom, so I thought I would share it with you because it's a bit of a shame not to use it for something, I think. Oh, 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 fuck, fuck, I'm coming! Oh no, that's her. <laughs> Usually I save the weekly blooper until right at the very end, but that was just a little bonus one for you. I do want to apologise though for the guttural sounds of Jessica giving Markov a blowjob. All I can say is that I did my best with the words given to me on the page, which I do feel I accurately reproduced. They were very vowel-heavy grunting sounds, with 10 or 11 oohs and ohs and then hers in them for emphasis, which I tried my hardest to get across. And I think if you're somebody who reads along with the words while listening to this podcast, I don't know if there's people out there that really do that, but if you did, I think you'd see that the way I did it was justified. It was a tricky situation for a narrator to be in, I think. And to be fair, I do think that most of the sounds that Jessica made were justified, given just what an unpleasant experience that must have been for her. I think I'd be making far more of a fuss if a greasy, overweight mobster tried to shove his chode down my neck. She's really suffering too, gagging on it and struggling to breathe. And I know Markov is a bad guy and him enjoying this kind of thing is definitely in character for the type of guy he is. But it is also quite a common thing in erotic stories and in porn in general to see scenes with women gagging on men's penises. And I don't really get what the attraction is for either person involved. 
think about it. If you're the woman, or actually, I guess I should say the recipient, because this happens in gay porn too. So if you're the recipient, i.e. the one choking on a penis, then that seems pretty straightforwardly unpleasant. You can't breathe, your gag reflex is probably making you feel like you want to vomit, and then afterwards your throat is going to feel all weird. You know, like when you have to swallow a big tablet and it goes down at slightly the wrong angle? Or like how it feels after you stick one of those big cotton buds down there for a COVID test. And none of those sensations seem remotely comfortable or erotic to me. And on the other side of the equation, if you're the man giving the penis, or if you're a woman with a strap on, like in Lesbian Slave Island, then your experience is basically watching your partner choking and gagging, going red in the face, often even crying, basically giving off significant signals that they are suffering right now, which for me would more than offset any potential pleasure that might be possible by having your penis inside their throat. I've had people attempt to deep throat my not particularly above average penis, and even when they haven't immediately gagged in a way which is a total boner killer, which is about 90% of the time, I can say that a person's throat absolutely does not feel better than their lips and tongue. So to me it seems like a lose-lose situation for everyone involved, and I struggle a bit to understand why it's such a popular trope in pornography, other than to guess that choking is just another one of those bad things like being thrashed with a whip that just magically becomes good when it's done in a sexual context and with consenting participants. Would I be able to enjoy it if my partner was really keen on it and really wanted me to choke them with my penis? If it was their ultimate fantasy? I think I'd have a go, but to be honest, there would be a bit of a mental barrier for me, which would be hard to overcome. And I think in general, I find it hard to enjoy any kind of sex if I'm not feeling that my partner is also enjoying it. And then, even objectively knowing that they are, because that's what they've told me they want, it would be hard for me to keep that in mind and have that objective knowledge override the direct feedback of them choking and gagging in the moment. So it's kind of a hard thing for me to understand in pornography, and for me the reason it works here is because Markov is a bastard, and obviously he's into things that cause other people pain and discomfort, because that's just the kind of evil man he is. One thing that Jess keeps saying is that she has no choice but to sleep with Markov, and accept his offer to become his girlfriend, and then prostitute. But I don't think that's really true. I think it would be totally acceptable and understandable if she decided she wanted to back out at any point during the encounter. And I find it difficult to understand why the author would want to frame things in this way, like Jess is being forced to do this, when it was her idea from the beginning, and her husband Tom is very supportive of her decision to go forward with the plan or to back out, if that's what she chooses. He gives her plenty of opportunities to decide not to do it. So there's absolutely no obligation, and I wonder what it is about the made-up fantasy of her having no choice which appeals to the author. Why not frame the scene in the more accurate context of Jess actually having the agency to decide to go through with having sex with Markov, and agreeing to be his prostitute, despite the side of her that feels revolted by the prospect, because she's curious about how it would feel, and wants to explore a dimension of a fantasy which challenges her? Why take away her power to consent at the moment when it comes down to the decision, and throughout the act? Is there a sense that the author is more comfortable having Jess be a victim of circumstance who has no choice, rather than someone who is actively seeking the experiences she's facing? Or is it for the benefit of the audience? Do we need to feel that Jess is a character with high morals who ends up in this situation outside of her control and so she can't be held accountable for her incidental enjoyment of it, since it wasn't her decision? I also suspect that it might be to do with something we encountered in Good King Wenceslas during our Christmas run of special episodes, where there was clearly supposed to be something erotic in the female character being subjugated and taken against her will, without any means to control the situation. Is that what's going on here? It would explain why Jess's vagina is characterised as defenceless and victimised, rather than a part of her body which she is actively using to give and receive pleasure. 
Meanwhile, Markov is invading, pummeling, slamming, brutal, merciless, all attacking, violent words. And I'm still not sure I understand why this kind of sexual language is such a mainstay, even in erotic literature written by and for women. Even in the moment where Jess does decide to embrace the experience of having sex with Markov, it's described in terms of something within her snapping, as though there's something that's happened to Jess which is outside of her control, suspending her usual agency to make decisions for herself. And I think that hides the truth that Jess really does want this. She's decided to do it because she wants to enjoy it. And to me, it stands out as strange that she can't seem to just admit this, even to herself. And more importantly, I think, even the third-person narrator can't seem to accept or acknowledge that either. Even the pleasure that Jess feels is described as unwanted, which I think is plainly untrue. Maybe this comes out of the author struggling to get down on the page, a sense that Jess is conflicted by her lust for the fantasy and its incompatibility with her preconceived notions about herself and what her morals are. I think that's why she's crying after the deed is done, because she's left to deal with those conflicted emotions with no aftercare from Markov. And maybe you're thinking, no, Jess isn't doing this for herself. It's for the case. She's a selfless journalist whose sense of justice and keen instinct for reporting forces her into this situation. But I would argue that this is a flawed point of view, because doing what she does is entirely unnecessary to get the information she comes away with. Tom is in the office with her, so he's also getting the same information from inside the cupboard. And even if you say, well, he wouldn't have had anything to listen to if Jess hadn't been with Markov, asking the questions, I think Markov is bound to discuss the details of his operation at some point, and neither Tom or Jess have learned anything they couldn't have learned by putting a few listening bugs around the place. Tom could have used that opportunity to put a bug in the office if he'd had the presence of mind. In my view, Jess's entire involvement in the case is about her wanting to sleep with strangers and be exposed on the stage. Meanwhile, Tom's entire reason for giving his consent for her to do that is because he finds it sexy. The sex has nothing to do with collecting evidence, or with bringing down the gang, because there are far more efficient and less risky ways to do that, which don't involve Jess sleeping with Markov and becoming a prostitute. The other factor is that since Tom's boss, George Freeman, doesn't even know that Jess is doing any of this, and it's almost certainly not correct protocol, it's going to be very difficult, if not impossible, for the police to actually use any of the evidence that Jess might be able to get by having the sex. Even if it was technically legal to use that evidence, would the police risk their reputation by using it? The only thing I can think of as a counterpoint is that maybe Jess thinks that that's the only option for bringing down the gang. I think you could make a persuasive argument that that's the case, but I think you'd also have to acknowledge that that is a ludicrous assumption, and that she should know better. Enough ranting about the <laughs> shortcomings of their investigation though because there was some top-notch terminology in this chapter, and I want to give you a rundown of my top five sexual phrases. <laughs> Add these to your erotic dictionary. The first one, sex crack. <laughs> which sounded like when sex feels so good, it's addictive. Number two, meat pole, which I couldn't help but picture in terms of a doner kebab. Number three, quim. Return of the Quim. We've had this one a few times in a few stories, but it's one which I've never heard used in real life by anyone. And it doesn't seem like a particularly sexy way to refer to a woman's vagina. Like, maybe vagina's not the sexiest word, but I don't think Quim is better. <laughs> I think it's probably worse. It's not as bad as number four, though. Fuckhole. <laughs> a term that's vulgarity, I think, speaks for itself. Number five, orgasmic cream. Which, you have to admit, is a sexier way of talking about vaginal discharge. There were plenty more in there, but those were my top five. The next thing I want to talk about is the notion of cervix battering, something which was a key feature of Markov's sexual style. 
Last time, through a bit of research, I learned that cervix stimulation is a real thing, but it's best approached gently. But here we have Markov, who the author tells us is clearly experienced in giving pleasure to women, bashing the cervix around like a door he's trying to break down. And I think it's clear that Jess seemed to be enjoying this. So I wonder if that's linked to a pain-pleasure connection, the kind of thing that emerges in BDSM stories. And I think the thing that's missing, which is usually there in the BDSM genre, is the notion of aftercare. And as I mentioned earlier, Markov pretty obviously wasn't going to provide that. However, I did think that Tom initially dropped the ball by not reassuring his wife after Markov had left. Jess even says, I love you, and he remains silent, which seemed like a real misstep, especially given that this was his fantasy too. I think he comes across as a bit cold, and even if he's still working through his feelings about what just happened, I think he could have said he loves her too in that moment. It's almost as if he's giving her the silent treatment now. When he finally does speak, it feels a bit hollow and unsteady, and his main concern is not about her, but about himself and his own insecurity about his sexual performance. Probably not what Jess needs to hear at that moment. I think he needed to attend to her emotional needs and give a bit more reassurance, rather than letting her leave the club and sit in the car on her own until he comes out. No wonder she was in such a state when he finally does show up for her. Having said that, I do think her reaction was a bit much. She's totally hysterical and she acts like a genuine lunatic. She's mumbling incoherently and clinging onto Tom like a child, and it's incredibly cringe. I feel a bit weird about that display being the thing that makes Tom realise how much he loves her. I don't think I'd be thinking romantic thoughts. I think I'd be thinking, oh, she's really gone off the deep end. It's got looking after your mate who's had too many pints vibes all over it. It's also a bit weird to me that her first reaction was to assume that the marriage was over and that Tom would immediately leave her. Is that a response that the author thinks is warranted or normal? I think that even if Jess had gone behind Tom's back, that it wouldn't automatically mean that they're getting a divorce. But she didn't do that. He was not only aware of it, but also in agreement with it, and he knew exactly what she was going to do in advance. He was also present during the act, and Jess acts like there's been a big betrayal here, and there just hasn't really. Tom's reaction is equally, if not more ridiculous though. He also assumes that the marriage is over, because Markov gave her a really big orgasm, and that's a fucked up chain of reasoning, <laughs> I think. Because it basically assumes that the only reason that Jess is interested in a relationship with a man is the number and strength of the orgasms he can provide. And now that Markov has shown that he can give her more and stronger orgasms than he can, that's him finished. He's got nothing else to offer. <laughs> is that how he saw his role in the relationship up until this point? As the orgasm provider, was that the value he thought he added to the relationship? <laughs> is Tom the kind of guy who could be replaced by a vibrating dildo? Maybe that's why he doesn't do any of the cooking though. He genuinely doesn't see that as part of what he brings to the table. As long as he's bringing the dick, nothing else is his responsibility. <laughs> it is interesting that in a situation where neither of them have done anything wrong in the eyes of the other, that they both equally end up feeling that the marriage must be over. And I think it's even weirder that it's Jess that feels like she has to apologise, and apologise over and over. Why did the author feel like that was necessary? Because Tom isn't apologising for his part in this. He's not apologising for putting her in that situation. And after all, this is a police investigation. That's his job. He's ultimately responsible for running this whole thing. Jess might also be there for her newspaper, but it's not a reporter's job to solve crime. And to be honest, I think it would have been good enough reporting, definitely a headline, just to write an article reporting what Tom had learned from Sarah at the Red Lion, that there's an underground prostitution ring. That's still big news. 
It's also strange to me that Jess is now labelled a whore and a slut, but Tom doesn't get any negative new labels. The author could have called Tom a cuckold, but they decide it's not even worth mentioning. And I guess the stance that the author is taking here, or at least is reflecting and reproducing, is that sleeping with somebody other than your partner is more of a transgression than arranging to watch your partner sleep with somebody else. Or maybe that there's something about exploring sexuality which is worse for a woman to do than for a man, which is a common trope of sexist ideology. Is this really how things are? If the author is trying to reflect the attitudes of society, is that even how society really thinks? Do authors have a duty to represent what the world is actually like? Or are they free to create whatever fantasy they want in a story? And if the second one is true, then why reinforce a negative stereotype in a story that you're free to create in any way you want to? I mean, I don't think there's an easy answer to any of those questions, and obviously given the consent by both Tom and Jess, I don't think that either of them have anything to apologise for. In fact, I think they should stop apologising and feeling bad, and enjoy themselves, embrace the win that they've successfully and pleasurably indulged one of their fantasies together as a couple, and also gain some new information for the case. It's a win, and they should be celebrating, not feeling sorry. Coming back to a recurring theme in this story, Jess's tits. <laughs> this time they were described as perky, still firm and round, like a young girl. And I just thought, no, no way, that sounds creepy as fuck. Tom is a man in his 30s. It's not a sexy thing to be fantasising about your wife's tits looking like they belong to an underage child. We get that they're modest. We've heard all about how modest they are, but there's no need to compare her chest to a young girl's. I think that takes it too far. And it brings in all these paedophilic connotations that are just not needed. Another thing that made me cringe in this story, and I get that this is probably all part of the fantasy for Tom, but I was retching internally at mentions of Jessica's sperm-soaked slit. No thank you. <laughs> when she offers to take a shower, I'd definitely be taking her up on that. To be honest, I think it's always nice when you get to shower before sex, especially as it gives you a sexy foreplay option, showering together, something just to pique your sexual appetites before you get going properly. It's also great to not have to worry about your possible body smells and just general cleanliness during sex. I'm all about feeling comfortable with my body and zapping any potential anxiety sources before they worm their way into my neurotic mind. I think even if Jess hadn't got another man's cum inside her vagina, I'd still be up for taking a shower before getting down. Even after a hard day's work dancing on stage, it's probably nice. <laughs> I guess for Tom though, all that stale sweat and congealed cum is just exactly what he wants. <laughs> it's funny as well that Tom thinks to himself that Jess is obviously going to be sore after the sex earlier, but he waits to actually ask her if she's sore until he's already got his penis inside her. I think the traditional, gentlemanly thing to do would be to have inquired before penetration. Once you're already inside, it's a bit late for that conversation. There was a bit of a sad detail in that scene too. The way that Tom looks into Jess's eyes during their makeup sex and she's got this vacant look, a thousand yard stare, like a sexual war veteran shell-shocked from the trauma of erotic combat. Even sadder is that his response to this is to close his eyes and ignore her emotionless distance, instead focusing on his internal fantasies and recalling the events of earlier. I think that's quite a sad moment, and I really wonder if Tom has the emotional maturity to be involved in an operation like this. He doesn't seem very in sync with his wife. It seems like he's usually focused on just getting what he wants. I get the sense that he wouldn't have allowed Jess to do any of this if he didn't find it erotic, no matter how much Jess might have wanted it. I'm glad they did both seem to enjoy the sex in the end though, even if I did suspect that Tom was kidding himself when he said that Jess's orgasm was probably the biggest one of the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, okay buddy, whatever helps you sleep at night.
The ending of this chapter I thought was a little bit abrupt. Wine and a takeaway? After all that? It seems almost too run-of-the-mill. There's almost too much contrast between the high intensity and danger of the day's activity and the cosy comfort of a pizza on the sofa. I guess maybe that's what you'd want though after something like that. Just something easy and safe with no surprises. I think Jess might actually be traumatised. I guess though we'll have to wait and see how the two of them handle the situation as the story progresses. As I said though, I thought this was an explosive chapter, it was great fun to read, and I really hope you enjoyed it. Let's have a look though at what the comments said. There are 11 of them, and we've got plenty of the usual suspects, as well as a few newcomers. Phaserboy1 says, This series is getting better and better. I really thought the husband would flip out, and everything would end in disaster, but he seems to love it. Great series. Keep them coming. <laughs> Is that how you spell coming? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> They've spelt coming with two M's, and I wonder whether that's like supposed to be like coming, having an orgasm. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they just are bad at spelling. Boyd Percy, definitely heard from Boyd before, says, They may arrest the bad guys, but it has to change their marriage. Well, Boyd, I don't know. So far it seems like things are unchanged, and uh, maybe this experiment will bring them closer together. Only time will tell. Natural Hammer. I think that's a new name. I don't think we've had Natural Hammer before. But they say, Loved it. Cracking. Thanks for taking the time to write these. Really looking forward to part six. Perverted Knight. Now nah, there's a name I recognise. Says, Now the rabbit is going down the hole. I hope you'll... <laughs> I hope you have the wife used in all of her holes by the bad guys, with the husband realising that maybe this undercover job was not such a good idea. <laughs> Perverted Knight always chips in with such delightful suggestions. Thank you for that one, mate. CZOFTW says, Worth the wait. This story could be even better than A Holiday with Kelly. Great stuff. I think A Holiday with Kelly is another one of UK underscore writer underscore 53's stories, and obviously one that was a favourite of CZOFTW. Major Rewrite says, The characters are so dramatic. Funny. <laughs> Robert John says, Things are really hotting up now. Excellent story. Roll on episode 6. Wiz1002, definitely heard from this guy before, says, Smashing plot and so well told. Loving it and looking forward to chapter 6. Pastifal says, Well done. Really enjoying this series. Oh, there's another comment here from CZOFTW. I guess they loved it so much they read it twice and felt like they needed to comment twice. <laughs> Their second comment says, Absolutely fantastic. There should be a tag specifically for stories with women who get off, fucking men they find repulsive. I'm sure that there is a subgenre of stories like that, no doubt. There's a bigger comment here from Quir12. We've had many comments from Quir12 before. They've usually got something interesting to say. And this time, what they're saying is five stars of just a fantastic fun fuck story with drama and adventure. So looking forward to her becoming the willing and wanting girlfriend of the sliming crime boss and doing everything he wants her to. Looking forward to many more entertaining chapters. Keep it rocking on and on. Cheers. You keep it rocking on and on yourself, Quirtov. You're fast becoming my favourite commenter in this comment section. <laughs> I think I just love the phrase, keep it rocking on. <laughs> I'm going to start using that in my real life. Great comments, and all of them overwhelmingly positive. There wasn't a, a, a bit of criticism in there. 
No snide nitpicking from pedantic commenters. Maybe by this point they're so appalled by some of the typos and misspellings that they just simply couldn't continue reading. Well, good riddance. I think all the excellent feedback this week was well-deserved. If you're enjoying Undercover Stripper, then I want to encourage you to head over to literotica.com, which is the website where I get all of my stories, and search for the author who wrote it, UK underscore writer underscore 53. They've got a plethora of stories on their account, 131 different submissions. So there's loads in the back catalogue, including the story that her number one fan, CZOFTW, suggested, A Holiday with Kelly. That's in there if you want to check it out. If you do check it out, if you head over to their profile and read some of their stories, I want to encourage you further to give them a rating, a review. I know that authors really appreciate any feedback that they get from their readers. So if you do stop by and enjoy some of their stories, that would be a really nice thing to do. If you're enjoying this podcast, then another really nice thing to do would be to give this podcast a rating and write a review maybe, give it a like, give it a subscribe. You know, every podcast app has their own way to interact and feedback. Whatever your podcast app lets you do, do that, you know? Hey, maybe get offline and spread the podcast by word of mouth. Talk to a friend, maybe tell your mum about it, maybe your grandma or your granddad. Anyone who you think might enjoy this podcast deserves to know about it from you. In-person recommendations are the number one way that this podcast builds an audience and the more people that are listening, the more viable it becomes for me to continue doing this. So if you're someone who's told somebody about this podcast, thank you very much. I really appreciate the effort. If you're a mega fan of this podcast and you want to contribute, help keep the ship afloat and help pay for some of the necessary expenses in producing something like this, then there is a Patreon. The link is in the description. £5 a month helps to show your support and keep the show on the road. I would really appreciate your subscription if you can afford to do that. I will be back next week with Chapter 6 of Undercover Stripper. I'm excited. I can already tell that it's going to be a banger. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful week. Stay tuned for the second blooper of the show after the theme tune. Keep it rocking on and on. <laughs> Goodbye. Reveal all except the truth Undercover stripper Take off your clothes and Nobody knows that underneath you're an undercover spy. Reveal all except the truth. Undercover stripper. Never tell them that you're a sooth. Undercover stripper. Jessica's mouth. (laughs) Fucking hell.